Thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Monday.com Q3 Fiscal 2021 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are on a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question-and-answer session. To ask a question at that time, please put star than one on your touchstone telephone. As a reminder, today's conference call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the call over to your host, Mr. Byron Stevens, Investor Relations Director. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Monday.com's third quarter 2021 earnings conference call. Joining me today are Roy Mann and Aaron Zinman, co-CEOs of Monday.com, and Aaron Glazer, Monday.com's CFO. Earlier today, we released our results for the third quarter. Our earnings materials are available on our investor relations website at ir.monday.com. There you'll find the investor presentation that accompanies our prepared remarks and a replay of today's webcast under the news and events section. Certain statements made on the call today may be forward-looking statements, which reflect management's best judgment based on currently available information. These statements involve risk and uncertainties that may cause actual results to differ from our expectations. Please refer to our earnings release for more information on the specific factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from our forward-looking statements. Additionally, non-GAAP financial measures may be discussed on the call. Reconciliations to the most directly comparable GAAP financial measures are available in our earnings release and the earnings presentation for today's call, which is posted on our Investor Relations website. With that, let me turn the call over to Roy. Thank you, Byron, and welcome to the Monday.com team. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. During our first earnings call, we were thrilled to introduce many of you Monday.com and to share with you our thoughts on the company and the large opportunity ahead of us. Going forward, we will focus these calls on our most recent performance and our future expectations. We invite those of you who are still just getting to know Monday.com and our WorkOS platform to visit our company and investor relation websites where we have many videos and a lot of other content that should be helpful to understanding our company and our business. Now let me briefly talk to you about Q3, which was another strong quarter of growth even more organizations used Monday.com to create software that fits their needs. Revenue grew 95% year-over-year to $83 million as we continue to drive growth through the acquisition of new customers and increase adoption and expansion within our existing customer base. As mentioned previously, upmarket growth is one of our top priorities. I'm pleased to report that our expansion into the enterprise space continues to gain momentum. We ended the third quarter with 613 enterprise customers, up 231% from 185 in the third quarter of 2020. Additionally, we continue to expand within our existing customer base. Our net dollar retention rate increased in the third quarter as a result of our ability to continue to deliver strong ROI and great customer experience. Net dollar retention for customers with more than 10 users improved to over 130%, and our net dollar retention rate for all customers improved to over 115%. As a reminder, our net dollar retention rate is a trailing four-quarter weighted average calculation. Because of these outstanding results and our continued upward trajectory, we are raising guidance for the remainder of the year. For full year revenue, we are increasing guidance to a range of 300 million to 301 million, representing 86% growth for the year. 
Elirang will provide you with more details on our third quarter results along with full updated guidance. I'll now turn it over to Iran to give you some further highlights from Q3. Thank you, Roy. As we continue to take our product innovation to new heights, we give our customers more capabilities to easily build their perfect no-code, low-code work software. In Q3, we experienced a strong start to our new Monday work docs, launched new capabilities with MyWork, and introduced one of the first 2D work management apps in the Quest Tour at Meta recent Connect event. Let me first touch on Monday work docs. In Q3, we launched work docs giving our customers the ability to manage their work, ideas, and data in an unstructured way. These are more flexible ways to onboard and adapt our platform, adding a new customer entry point. To date, our customers are using Monday Work Docs for a range of use cases and industries, such as marketing, operations, CRM, and more. More than 40,000 existing customers are already using Monday Work Docs with many using Monday work docs for core complex workflows. Since our launch, our customers have created more than 300,000 work docs on Monday.com. It's amazing to see how much our customers love Monday work docs. And in line with our mission, we wanted to provide our customer with even more freedom to adjust Monday work docs to their business needs. That's why we launched the capability to create layouts with Monday work docs. Layouts allow customers to create any kind of template with live data for your Monday work docs, such as a CRM contact page, a deal page, a marketing campaign overview, and much more. Our no-code automations and integrations are used by the vast majority of our customers. 100% of our enterprise accounts use them, while 88% use more than 50 different automations. Over the past year, our customers have automated over 900 million actions using our platform. Starting this quarter, we introduced the Dynamic Workflow Builder, enabling our customers to easily create, without any code, any kind of new automation or integration, no matter how complex they need it to be. Customers can now mix and match actions and triggers, without limits on the number of actions and triggers involved. Developers can add their own no-code automations and integrations to create even more applications for our customers. Our dynamic workflow builder will completely take our automations and integration to the next level, giving even more power to customers and developers. We're excited to announce today the launch of MyWork, a place for customers and organizations to centralize all items, whether it's deals, campaigns, tasks, or anything else associated with their accounts. This mega table gives individuals within teams the ability to gather customers' data across all business units. We believe MyWork is another step in giving organizations the resources to improve operational efficiency and productivity. Let me turn back to Roy to further discuss our expanded ecosystem. Thanks, Aaron. We made steady progress during the quarter in growing our ecosystem and expanding our global footprint. During the third quarter, we signed a new global alliance agreement with Tata Consultancy Services a leading global IT services, consulting, and business solution organization. TCS and Monday will work together to innovate digital workflow and automation solutions, transforming workflow collaboration while ensuring regulatory compliance. We have also partnered with Hotsuit and SEMrush, who have built apps on the Monday marketplace to help deepen the value for customers using Monday for marketing operations. 
Partnering with our customers is key to molding our platform future together. Lastly, we expanded our workforce presence with additional offices in Tokyo and Sao Paulo. We will continue to invest in growing our ecosystem and workforce in order to serve over 1 billion global knowledge workers. Now, let me turn it back to Iran to discuss our operating highlights. Thanks, Roy. We had another outstanding quarter in terms of customer wins and expansions. These were broad-based across industry verticals, with major companies including Jones, eBay, Tejadim, and Outbrain. Let me speak briefly about Jumps and how their usage of our WorldCoreS continue to evolve. Jumps is the world leader in Apple Enterprise Management, helping more than 57,000 companies, schools, and government organizations around the world manage and secure more than 25 million Apple services. Jumps' marketing team has been using the Money.com WorldCoreS to increase collaboration and efficiency since 2019. Recently, they've added many more groups, such as product, engineering, project management, and sales enablement to the platform, allowing their 2,000 employees to work more closely together. This is another example of how Money.com can help high-growth global companies, and we're very happy to be part of their growth and success. Our exceptional third quarter results are further proof that our customers are seeing the value of using our work OS. With the platform's no-code capabilities, customers can adopt each building block to build software applications and tools that fit their desired use cases and evolving needs. Creating a great user experience is at the core of how our company operates, which was recently on display at Elevate, our flagship customer conference. At this year's Elevate, we're able to help even more customers reimagine the way that they work with over 52,000 registrants from over 100 countries, over three times the number of registrants from last year. Additionally, we continue to make investments in our people, and leading publications are taking notice. During the past quarter, Money.com was recognized by Fortune magazine as one of the best multimedia workplaces, along with one of the best places to work for millennials. I'm extremely proud of our employees and where our company has come in a short amount of time. The opportunity ahead of us is huge. We believe that we are at the intersection of a number of work trends. No code, low code, massive digitization, and remote work. That positions our work OS to become the market leader in our category. I'll now turn it over to Eliran to cover our financial and guidance. Thank you, Eliran. And thank you, everyone, for joining our call. Today, I'll review our third quarter fiscal 2021 results in detail and provide updated guidance for the fourth quarter and full year fiscal 2021. We are extremely pleased with the results of the quarter, which demonstrated continued high growth at scale across all fronts. As Roy mentioned, total revenue in the third quarter came in at 83 million, up 95% year over year, led by large expansion within our existing customer base and acquisition of new customers. We continue to execute against an ambitious hiring plan. For Q3, we ended the quarter with close to 950 employees globally. This represents an increase of more than 50% from a year ago, with the majority of additions coming from R&D and sales and marketing. We plan to continue to make substantial investment in these categories for the foreseeable future. For the reminder of the financial metrics disclosed, unless otherwise noted, 
I will be referencing non-GAAP financial measures. We have provided a reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP financials in our earnings release. Gross margin came in at 19.2%, up from 87.1% in the year-ago quarter. Research and development expense was 14.3 million, or 17% of revenue, compared to 22% in the year-ago quarter. We will continue to invest purposely as we position Monday to drive durable growth and win in large addressable markets. While we continue to invest significantly in R&D, the pace of our revenue growth has outpaced the investment growth. Sales and marketing expense was 61 million or 70% of revenue compared to 128% in the year-ago quarter. The improvement was driven primarily by continued efficiencies as we continue to scale our sales and marketing spend to focus on customers with 10 plus users and enterprise customers. Similar to R&D, the pace of our revenue growth has outpaced the investment growth. GNA expense was 9.1 million or 11% of revenue compared to 9% in the year-ago quarter, reflecting increased cost of being a public company. Operating loss was 9.4 million and operating loss margin improved to negative 11%. Net loss was 11.4 million and loss per share was negative 26 cents. Moving on to the balance sheet and cash flow. We ended the quarter with approximately 876.2 million in cash and cash equivalents. Net cash provided by operating activities was 3.8 million in the quarter. Adjusted free cash flow was 2.9 million and was driven by strong collections stemming from our continued strong billings. Adjusted free cash flow is defined as net cash from operating activities, less cash used for property and equipment, and capitalized software costs, excluding non-recurring items such as costs related to the build-out of our corporate headquarters office in Tel Aviv. Now turning to our outlook for the fourth quarter and the full year 2021. For the fourth quarter of fiscal year 2021, we expect our revenue to be in the range of 87 million to 88 million, representing growth of 74% to 75% year over year. We expect a non-GAAP operating loss of 23 million to 22 million. For the full year 2021, we are raising guidance and now expect revenue to be in the range of 300 million to 301 million, representing growth of 86% to 87% year over year. We expect a full year non-GAAP operating loss of 65 million to 64 million and a negative operating margin of 22% to 21%. As our guidance indicates, we expect to end 2021 on a very positive note and enter 2022 with strong momentum. We plan to introduce guidance for 2022 on our next earning calls. With that, now let me turn it over to the operator. Thank you. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star then one on your touchstone telephone. Again, to ask a question, please press star then one. Our first question comes from Cash Ringan of Goldman Sachs. Your line is open. Hi, thank you very much. Congratulations on a spectacular quarter here. Not only did you show solid top line, but you were able to show leverage on the bottom line here as well. All the metrics look fantastic, so congrats. Uh, my, my question is, uh, as you look at 22 and beyond, it, it looks like when you compare your financial results to uh, the current uh, company with, with the largest revenue, uh, you're coming up on them very quickly. And so I'm curious to get your thoughts on the competitive landscape as you especially move up market. What is it like? Uh, are you still seeing the wide open space that you did at the time of the IPO and, and before? Are you seeing at the margin some changes in the competitive landscape? 
And as a result of moving up market, I would assume that the prospects and the deal sizes that are afforded to you will start to expand pretty significantly. And so you're going to have to hire more enterprise-worthy, enterprise-class salespeople. How is that motion coming along for you guys as you as you look upon this uh, tremendous opportunity in front of you? Thank you so much. Uh, hey, Cash, it's Roy. Thank you for the question. So, um, yeah, we, we see... As, as we grow and you ask like if we see this as a greenfield market, so the answer is like uh, definitely yes. Uh, we, we are now only starting to see that companies are, are asking for a work OS. Okay. Up until now, they looked at us for different uh, solutions, uh, but not for the core of like building their own software. You know, that's what they understood after they asked for us. We're starting to see that they are asking it for uh, before. So I think that's a, a really positive momentum in the market that people are starting to understand this category. Companies are, are, are looking for it. So I think we're just like really in the beginning. And obviously, as we grow up market, we will have uh, to scale our sales operation and invest a lot more in both marketing and sales and build that uh, as we scale our uh, operation, and uh, yeah, uh, that's something we're uh, super planning on doing uh, this year, next year, and, and you know, like uh, it's something we're uh, very bullish about. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from Itai Kidaman of Oppenheimer. Your line is open. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, maybe a couple ones for me. Um, guys, can you talk about WorkDocs and my work? It seems to be off to a very nice start here. How do you think about the impact uh, of those solutions on your um, net retention numbers? And then also, Eliran, uh, maybe you could talk about the Israeli shekel, Khalid's. It's um, acting uh, quite aggressively. What does it do for your planning and your optics uh, as we move into 22? How far ahead are you hedged? And when does it, when and how does it hit? Yeah, um, so I, I, this is Iran. I, I can start with the first part of your question and then um, I'll hand over to anyone. So, um, as, as we mentioned in the beginning, we see uh, amazing adoption of WorkDocs. Uh, more than 40,000 accounts are using it, but I think uh, even more importantly, 50% of all docs are being used for what we define as core workflows. Uh, meaning a, a very important part of how companies manage their day-to-day. Uh, this is up-to-date, one of our most widely adopted uh, features in such a short amount of time. Uh, more than uh, 250,000 work docs were created uh, since we launched, and it was like a soft launch. Um, so, you know, looking at all parameters, uh, we see this is a huge success. Uh, it's hard to say how much this will impact net retention because it's still early days, but you know, judging from the adoption and the excitement and the feedback we get from users, I'm sure it has a lot of value to our customers, and it will be reflected in their satisfaction and how they use the platform over time. Um, thank you, Ron. Hey, Tal, it's Aliran. With regard to your question on the uh, shekel and dollar, obviously this is a, a challenge for the entire industry in Israel, the ecosystem of the startup companies. But if you think about that from a, a global perspective, First of all, uh, 50% of our expenses are in dollar, U.S. dollars, if you think about our online marketing spend and payroll outside of Israel. So this is edged by definition. In addition to that, we are doing an 
using an edging uh, company in Israel to make sure that we are protecting uh, the budget. Obviously, uh, this year we took uh, uh, the dollar rate 3.2 uh, and now the shekel is 3.1, but we are trying to proactively edge against it. We don't see, it, see a big issue due to the cost breakdown. However, this is something that we are very much focused on with regards to, um, to the Israeli shekel dollar. On the revenue side, most of our revenue is collected in U.S. dollar, uh, and a small portion is in uh, euro uh, and uh, British pound. Um, so we are also looking at uh, 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 edging strategies to make sure that we're also uh, protecting our top line where possible. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, congrats, guys. Thank you. Our next question comes from Scott Berg of Needham. Your line is open. Please make sure your phone isn't on mute. One moment, please. Our next question comes from Mark Murphy of J.P. Morgan. Your line is open. Yes, thank you very much. I'll add my uh, congrats on a very solid quarter. Um, <clears throat> my first question is um, curious to what extent you think you're seeing uplift in demand uh, based on a favorable linkage with being able to enable companies to, to adjust to hybridized uh, workforces. In other words, having employees that would be both remote and, and in office um, as, as the economies start to reopen from the pandemic, just in terms of uh, creating this ability to, to have better uh, collaboration around projects and deadlines. Hey, thank you. Um, it's Roy. Um, so I, I think that even during the beginning of the uh, pandemic, we got a lot of reports from customers that it was seamless for them to move to work remotely. And uh, I feel we, we play a big part in helping uh, people organize, companies organize uh, around anything, whether they are in work or, uh, you know, uh, work uh, remotely or uh, both. So, uh, you know, this, this thing that changes all the time, I think this is the world we live in, that it's going to change. It's, uh, I don't know. How it is around the world in Israel, I can tell you, we go uh, back and forth, and uh, and, and the system stays stable, and, and you can work with it wherever you are. Okay, uh, as a as a follow up, um, I was I was chuckling because I I, I saw another Monday.com ad on on my browser when I, when I logged in this morning um, to listen to the call, <laughs> and I think. Every time I see one of your ads, um, I, I you know a couple couple times a week, I, I think these advertising campaigns are brilliant and and they're fantastic. You know, you, you had one that it has a gorilla or, or or Bigfoot or something like that. They're super creative. Um, we we also keep hearing that that Apple's deprecation of of IDFA is kind of upending um, that that this model of performance advertising, uh, right? Because you, you, you might not be able to use cookies or, or some of these low privacy schemes. And so um, I guess I'm curious, how, how have you been able to adapt and keep, the, keep this retargeting going um, with, with, with these ads across, across our devices and websites? And, and just uh, how, how have you been able to successfully uh, navigate that and, and stay ahead of the curve? 
Yeah. Uh, hi, Mark. This is Aran. So I can I can answer that question. So so I think um, the changes that you refer to are affecting more B two C companies who rely heavily on advertising through um, you know mobile devices and tracking people across different applications. Uh, we're in a different position uh, in terms of how we advertise. Uh, first of all, obviously, a big part of our budget uh, is uh, goes to uh, Google AdWords and other services that are more intent-based, so it's not about tracking people, but seeing people's intent and what they're searching for. Uh, and in other platforms, such as, you know, Facebook or Instagram, uh, we target mostly what people are interested in uh, and not personal information. So those changes that you refer to aren't affecting us uh, at all in terms of our ability to target people, and find relevant customers uh, on those platforms. And maybe, uh, Mark, to add to what Evan said, we also have a DPO in the organization that is working very closely with us, and we are looking at all the security issues that re- with regards to our campaigns. Uh, we don't see uh, much of an impact, but I would like also to take the positive of what you said earlier and said that, uh, you know, we continue to invest aggressively in our all- online campaigns and what you see. This is, this is part of our strategy. So one word, you know, we look at Q4 and even next year, this is one of the things that we would like to double down to make sure that you and your friends and your colleagues will continue to see these amazing advertisers as we continue to invest in them. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from Derek Wood of Cowan & Company. Your line is open. Thanks. Uh, very impressive quarter. Um, a couple questions on the, uh, the inflection and in new 50K customers. Uh, is that is that driven all by expansion business, or are you starting to see more net new customers landing in that 50k range? And maybe can you comment on what geographies you're seeing in terms of incremental strength? Yeah, uh, hi there. This is Aran. Um, so, so I would say both. Um, so we see our existing customers. Just to, to uh, remind us, you know, our model is land and expand. So uh, usually people start using Monday. Uh, organically and scale, and then our sales team uh, pick up those leads and have them scale. Uh, so we definitely see uh, a lot of benefits from that, and we get more and more customers that are able to scale within our platform. But one very interesting trend that we're starting to see as we scale uh, and as we kind of grow our brand is customers who land uh, with higher contracts, uh, people that uh, want to adopt Monday widely within their company and start with larger accounts. So my answer would be, uh, you know, both those two trends are what's affecting the growth. And, and like Elvin mentioned uh, in the beginning, this is a core, you know, part of our strategy going uh, forward and a, a big focus for us as a company. And, and maybe just to add to around that we land bigger and we see better retention profile, obviously it impacts all our KPIs uh, to the results that you have seen in the press release. Fantastic. Um, and second question, interesting to hear you uh, or see you spark a new global alliance with Tata. Can you just talk about how you plan to build on this relationship and, 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 and you know, generate new channel leverage and what's the strategy with uh, trying to coalesce other SIs? Yeah. So I can take this one. Hi, sorry. So we, we, we see uh, partners as a big part of our strategy worldwide. Uh, Tata is one of them. And, uh, you know, we work with, uh, we have uh, uh, over 100 worldwide of uh, uh, medium size, and we're growing into the large ones, and 
And it's amazing. We see a lot of synergies with the existing uh, uh, practices that they have that we can just like uh, integrate into those. And it's, it's super exciting. Thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from DJ Hines of Canaccord. Your line is open. Hey guys, uh, I'll let go and congrats, uh, excellent results. Um, I, I wanted to ask a little bit about the, the marketplace. You know, you, you announced Hootsuite and uh, Semrush, uh, you know, building out apps in the marketplace. I think you've talked about launching a payment system into the marketplace at some point. You know, obviously that would be huge for your partners there. Just any thoughts around timing and ability to monetize that, that the marketplace as it continues to scale? Um, yeah, sure. So this is the run. Um, so yeah, definitely um, adding the ability to monetize through our um, marketplace is on a roadmap going forward. Uh, we don't have exact dates, but probably beginning of next year. That's kind of the the timeline. Uh, again, we we keep investing into the marketplace, adding a lot of more features, and we've seen those big partners uh, develop on apps. Uh, and overall, we see much more adoption within the marketplace, more apps being built, more users installing those applications. And we have uh, a lot of features that we plan to add to that marketplace. Uh, as I mentioned, it's a very strategic part um, of how we think about Monday as a platform. Uh, so we're going to invest heavily into that. Yeah, very helpful. Thank you. Sure. Our next question comes from Brent Bill. Jeffrey Javier, Hi, thank you. This is uh, John Bian for Brentville. Uh, I had two questions. On first, on, on workdays, uh, wondering if you're seeing different use cases compared to the use of boards. You know, whether the same users are doing using both boards and docs. Um, just if you need more detail there, and then just a quick housekeeping on the share lockup that was mentioned in the press release. Uh, wondering approximately how many shares maybe released. I think from the the F1, it looked like it was a fairly small amount, but it sounds like it may be more broad based. Thank you. Yeah, so, uh, hi, it's Roy. I, I can take the, the uh, uh, work docs part. So, um, so yeah, we have many users that are builders, like they build the workflow, and for them it's, it's both. Like they create a board and connect it to a document. Sometimes you create like a whole uh, area of work where you have uh, both integrated uh, and the reason we created WorkDocs is because we wanted to allow people an unstructured way to start work. And we see a lot of people just start with the document. You might write some things, and then you create a board within that doc, okay? And then it takes off from there. I can tell you that many people do the exact opposite. They have a board, and then they add a, a document column, and they have a lot of documents within the board, and they manage documents and uh, uh, from the structured way to the unstructured. So I think we really saw one of the things we're trying to achieve, which is a multiplication of, of abilities effect. Like you add, uh, like, seamlessly just like one building block, but then it's multiplied by the power of others. So it's, it's really like a, a really core and amazing addition to the work OS. Hi, this is Eliran. Just to make sure that you were asking about the share count, uh, just to make sure this is the question. Uh, no, the, the release of the share lockup that's coming up on uh, Friday. Ah, the release. Ah, the release of the share lockup. So we are going to do it this Friday on uh, November 12th. Uh, there is going to be the release of the lockup, the expiration. 
Is there a, a rough number of um, shares that you expect to be uh, eligible for release? It's, I mean, from the F1, I think we're getting some questions that the number looks fairly small, but looks like it's broad-based. Thank you. Um, we, we can't really tell. We, we Remember, we had two gradual uh, releases along the way, so we can't anticipate what would be the number of the release. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Brent Brace from the Piper family. Your line is open. Uh, thank you for taking the question here. Um, impressed to see a, another quarter of accelerating growth here, uh, gentlemen. But uh, I'd be curious to hear how the freemium offering is impacting the land motion, top of funnel build. Are you starting to see any kind of conversions to paid yet? Any color on uh, the freemium offering that uh, and tier that was launched earlier this year would be helpful. Thanks. Sure. Um, hi, this is Iran. Um, so as we mentioned, you know, it was a very successful launch for us as a company, and, and we've seen, uh, you know, no negative impact uh, on the conversion, but on the other hand, we see a new type of funnel of free users. Um, I would say that, it, you know, it's not yet super significant in terms of adding uh, new paying customers because the funnel is very long. Uh, but what we do see is that it creates awareness of our brand. We see more people using the platform uh, in absolute numbers because we get a lot of free accounts, individual individual usage, and we feel that over time this will create more exposure for our brand. Uh, conversion rate is steady, so we see that uh, free funnel converting over time, but it's still hard to kind of, you know, forward predict how much impact this will have on our on our bottom line of the company. So overall, it's a very successful um, you know, step in changing our product, and I'm sure it's going to have a, a very positive effect on our brand. And over time, we might see more and more paying customers converting from that free funnel. Yeah, I, I can also add, it's, it's Roy, that we see the free as a, a base infrastructure to build more stuff, because if you have that ability to give customers something that they can uh, rely on forever for free, you can offer other stuff that they can tie into, like forms and other things. So I think it's a, it's a base for us to jump into future products more than anything, and that's why we're super excited about it. Helpful color there. And, and Eleron, and just one quick clarification. Uh, you did generate positive free cash flow in the quarter. It's a well well ahead of a year ahead of schedule there. I guess, how are you thinking about um, you know, balancing kind of growth here in, 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 in cash flow? Do you plan to further accelerate investments? Just how you should we think about kind of the, the nice little surprise here on, on free positive free cash flow this quarter, and, and how should we think about that going forward? No, uh, thank you, Brent. I actually expected this question. Um, so obviously this is the result of the fact that, uh, you know, we had a significant increase in revenue in ARR. And just as a reminder, our business model is uh, paying up front, percent of the subscribers are paying up front, uh, and 30% are paying monthly. So the fact that we, we had an hyper growth together with a very efficient uh, collection uh, drove this uh, efficiency within our cash flow. Uh, overall, we will continue to um, operate in accordance with our long-term plan. We don't aim, this is not a target for us to be cash flow positive uh, in the near future or to, uh, you know, uh, to generate cash. Definitely, uh, we are with, uh, we're going to continue to invest aggressively as we spoke, you know, if you, uh, we relate to Mark's question earlier on the marketing campaigns and, and hiring. So from our perspective, this is, uh, obviously this is great. But we would like to continue to invest aggressively 
and make sure that we see this efficiency uh, going further. As a reminder, one more thing that uh, because we generate such a huge uh, capital efficiency of 3x, you know, if you think about every dollar that we burn since inception is, is you know, we're getting like three dollars uh, in terms of ARR, definitely for us it, it would be stupid not to continue to invest. So this is the direction. We are going to continue to invest aggressively on all fronts. Yeah, if, if I can uh, uh, support what everyone is saying, it's Roy, then uh, the plans we have for next year are going to challenge the revenue growth. But, uh, you know, uh, we can predict, but we, we have big plans for next year. Great to hear. Thanks for the color, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Our next question comes from Arjun Bataya of William Blair. Your line is open. Yes, perfect. Um, thank you very much, and uh, congrats on a, on a great quarter, guys. Um, I, I was particularly um, impressed with the, the 50K trends, um, and I'm wondering as you kind of expand your presence as brand awareness builds and as you see more upmarket traction, wh whether the profile of the customers that you're attracting has changed. Uh, obviously, customers are willing to spend more, but I'm wondering if the profile tends to be more if you're starting to see more larger enterprises uh, come in, or or is it too early to see that mix shift in uh, in the customer profile at this point? Um, so yes, uh, sure. So we are going to uh, to as we said, the core focus for our customers is the customers with 10 plus users. So we see the share of these customers, Arjun, are basically increasing. Uh, you know, um, over time, their share of ARR, and also we lend higher. So the profile of these customers is definitely contributing to our uh, net dollar retention rate um, and growth. In addition to that, we see uh, customers with more than 50K in ARR uh, growing as well. So the combination of, the combination of customer of 10 plus users plus uh, a group of them or subgroup of uh, customers with more than 50K in ARR, are uh, becoming the, the, the kind of, I would say, the bulk of our customers, and this is the customers that we are pursuing as part of our uh, marketing and sales effort. Uh, so we expect this trend to continue up. Important to say that we don't neglect, neglect the smaller customers because they are basically what later become the bigger customers. So even if we start with, you know, we see the positive of the big customers, it's important for us to have the small ones uh, that later become the big one, if it makes sense to you, Arjun. Yes, that's, uh, that's very helpful, very clear. Um, and, and then I want to follow up on uh, Brent's last question there around around investment. It sounds like um, you have big plans for, for 2022. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe just touch on the go-to-market investments that you're, uh, that you're making right now, particularly in that direct enterprise group, because we did see a big step up in R&D expense this quarter, but I think the tick up in, in sales and marketing was a little bit more modest. So I was wondering if there's any um, uh, hiring trends that, that you would point out that, that maybe are not coming in yet that might come in uh, next year. So definitely we are going to continue to uh, hire aggressively. So just, uh, you know, we had a PR in the past. We opened the a sales academy in Israel where we had, I think, thousands of registrations and we only choose a few dozens of them just to make sure that we have uh, the talent. Uh, it's not only salespeople, it's customer success and customer success managers. 
because they draw retention and uh, uh, customers, big customers. So this is another place of area for us. So we have big plans to double down on hiring the customer success managers, uh, sales, um, and, you know, this is part of our go-to-market uh, strategy. In addition to that, we would like to continue to invest, as you said, on R&D, so the combination of investment in R&D as well as in uh, sales and customer success alongside the, the partners. This is, uh, uh, I would say, the main focus of us uh, within next quarter and the following years. Perfect. Very helpful. Thank you, and congrats again. Thank you. Our next question comes from Scott Bird. We need a new line is open. Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking my questions and apologize for the audio issue earlier. Um, nice quarter. I guess I got uh, two questions here, and uh, one revisits, uh, I guess, a question from a moment ago around enterprise customers. But I wanted to ask the question, I guess, a slightly different way is, as you just look at your lands broadly, whether it's a small customer or a large customer today, are your customers landing with a different seat count on initial sale kind of on average than, say, maybe a year ago, right, uh, right as the pandemic was really kind of, you know, running full force? Yeah, um, thank you. So, so this is a run. Uh, so, Scott, I think, um, you know, definitely, yes, we see a trend where, um, as I mentioned, you know, a big part of our enterprise strategy is bottom-up, but we also seen larger um, companies starting from a larger deployment uh, within Monday. Um, so as we kind of increase our brand awareness and people are more aware about our solution, uh, so we see kind of more uh, companies starting and adopting Monday uh, with larger deployment. Uh, I think it's also the fact that we improve our product and make it more enterprise-ready and other changes that we make in, um, to our platform. So definitely, yes. Uh, but again, it, it's both, both bottom up and larger accounts deploying. But you know that trend you mentioned, we definitely see it. Great. And then from a, a follow up question is, um, I had heard from a consultant not that long ago on um, their thoughts that back to the office might actually have a positive impact for vendors in this space. Uh, mainly because they start seeing all the antiquated processes even more once they're, you know, in person in an office versus uh, maybe not seeing all all the other challenges when they're working at home. Do you think going back to the office can be a trend to help, you know, adopt tools like Monday Today or, or you know, is, is, is maybe that trend just been set from working from home over the last year? Thank you. Hi, Roy. So, uh, so what we saw during like uh, the shift from uh, work to home is that people was uh, struggling to organize things and so we helped push them to digitize and, and organize themselves. And when they come back, what, what we see is that, and it might support what you got, is that um, it's easier to adopt a new tool and to uh, change things when you're together in an office, okay? so. Uh, so I think the adoption of uh, new tools are easier when you're together and uh, kind of like uh, doubling down on, on solutions you already have kind of is when, when people are apart, but also adoption, if it helps. So maybe just to let you know, if you think about what happened in the last few years um, in the industry, in the sector that we operate, uh, definitely there is a secular tailwind and there is momentum with digitization, uh, obviously the remote work, the cloud, the uh, use of cloud. So this is a long-term trend that we are seeing. 
Um, you know, so the fact that either with uh, working remotely or going back to the offices, I think these trends will continue and will drive further growth uh, in the sector in our space. Fantastic. Thanks for taking my questions. Thank you. Our next question comes from Andrew DeCasperi of Berenberger. Capital, your line is open. Thanks, uh, Berenberg. Um, just uh, two questions, if I may. Um, the first one, uh, at Elevate, you announced a WorkDocs release, and um, I was just wondering how does that stack up, for example, with what Microsoft announced last week at Ignite uh, with, with Loop, um, and how, do, how, how would you say, you know, is this just an indication that Microsoft is also trying to get into the uh, work management space? Yeah, hi. So this is Iran. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Microsoft is, is definitely looking into this market. And, you know, I think kind of the disadvantage is that, um, you know, the Microsoft suite is very um, uh, fragmented. You know, you have many, many tools that can do many things. I think the benefit of having one platform, one work OS, where you can manage all aspects of your work is really game changer in how users adopt our solution and how they use it. Uh, definitely over time, we're going to see more kind of companies looking into adding those kind of capabilities. But again, I think we're in a very different position in terms of customer adoption. As you can see, just uh, since we released WorkDoc, um, you know, the adoption and usage on our platform um, has been really significant. Uh, so this really shows that the combination of the other elements of the platform, the board, uh, the views, the dashboard with the WorkDoc is the true game changer. Uh, I think the WorkDoc just, you know, by themselves uh, wouldn't make this impact on, on our users and how people use it. Thanks. That's helpful. And then uh, secondly, uh, separately on the uh, Enterprise wins this quarter, um, can you maybe disclose to us how many seats, so to speak, have the biggest deals landed with? Um, and then and if any of the deals you signed on Enterprise were wall-to-wall, so to speak, or exclusive? Yeah, so uh, so we are we are seeing thousands of seats uh, that we are landing in and expanding within uh, our existing customer base. Uh, we are approaching uh, seven figures uh, transactions, um, and hopefully this is not while well, it's not a target for us. This is something that we would like to to pursue as well. Um, so we are seeing constant growth in the number of seats, uh, and in the you know where we land bigger within customers. Yeah, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Elon, we're not disclosing, uh, like, wall-to-wall or how many accounts, but we definitely see those as well. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure no further questions at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's conference. Thank you all for participating, and have a great day. You may all disconnect.